Hello, everyone. Welcome to myself, Max McGillivray of Beanstalk Global. Cyber security, the list of fresh food businesses hit by cyber attacks and the significant payouts they're having to make is growing weekly. Don't become another victim. Listen to David Smart of Softworks to find out how. Welcome to Beanstalk Global live on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube and on our podcast series. David, say hello to everyone. Hello, everybody. Hi, Max. Um, and firstly, we've, we've got to make a, a, a funny little apology because David has got to. David, how how should we how should we describe your your friend underneath your feet? Is, is it your chairman or your CEO? Uh, he's a cyber dog. He's a very loud snoring old English bulldog um, puppy that is vibrating the house at the moment. So if you pick up his snoring, apologies. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. We 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 love a we love a dog. If anyone knows about uh, Beanstalk, we've got to, two office labs. Um, in the office we're in Suffolk so it's mandatory that we have to have uh, two two Labradors so so let's get um, um, into this since the beginning of the pandemic there's been a fourfold increase in cybersecurity um, attacks whereas the global losses from cybercrime exceed one trillion in 2020 um, alone and David very kindly uh, gave you these facts the, the World Economic Forum's Global Risk Report 2020 states that the chances of catching and prosecuting a cyber criminal are almost nil Given the circumstances, business awareness and resilience is key to securing sensitive data and avoiding breaches. Cyber threats are getting more and more sophisticated and intense amid the increasing levels of remote working and dependence on digital devices. Um, David and I, we've, we've got a, um, a personal background that our boys, we play rugby together and uh, we sometimes have to endure uh, long and arduous uh, days of drinking coffee. At a, at, a, at a weekend and David and I got talking about the issues that we were seeing we uh, be sort were seen in the in the fresh food sectors in the UK and internationally uh, with uh, a number of attacks that had, uh, that had happened and David David is, is an expert with his colleagues in the and the soft software works team um, in this whole area so I thought it would be um, very it would serendipity to get David in so we could get a bit of a steer from David as to where the current issues are and how we can protect ourselves and if you want to engage with David and his team to stop these attacks happening to your business uh, we'll put some um, all the links for David um, um, up and down so, so David let's let's just find out a little bit more about you what's your background how did you get into into this uh, this amazing mm. uh, world of uh, wow. cybersecurity? Uh, yeah, kind of very brief potted history. Um, you know, when I left college, I actually started climbing up uh, telegraph poles. I was a I was a BT apprentice um, before the term. I think information technology even existed. It was computers. I kind of drifted from telephony and data into computers and IT. Um, ultimately, into IT security about eight years ago. Um, been running softworks for about 10 years. Um, and really the driver was to protect and secure our group company um, with the best of what we thought was out there. Okay, thank you. And and where I've given this given this this uh, this broadcast a, a fairly alarmist title, but from, from your perspective, what where are we? What's the overview of where that the world, the economy um, currently is with them, um, cybersecurity, ransomware. Uh, where are we? Give us that insight, please. Sure. Um, I mean, you know, you only need to sort of Google cybersecurity and you can find out as, you know, as many statistics as you need to sort of send yourself to sleep, really. But there's two or three headlines that we tend to um, talk about that, that bring sort of cybercrime into context. 
Um, one of those is to sort of pose a question if cybercrime was a country um, in terms of the, the damage that it, it inflicts from a commercial perspective, uh, how big would it be um, today uh, uh, as a country? Um, um, sometimes we do a kind of hands up in a room and that sort of thing. But um, if, I mean, broadly speaking, at the time this was um, correct, if cybercrime was a country measured by GDP or output in dollars at, at about $6 trillion today, cybercrime would be the third largest country in the world um, below the US and, and, and China. Um, uh, and, you know, a couple of other kind of headlines out there, really, I guess, cybercrime, everyone knows cybercrime is growing and it will continue to grow. And, you know, just like crime will continue to grow, although just crime just morphs into something more sophisticated than um, bonking someone on a head. Yep. Um, cybercrime is forecast to grow by about 15% per year over the next five years. So by around 2025, um, cybercrime will be costing um, the globe, if you like, uh, about $10 trillion. Um, and, and, and at this point, and this is kind of a, 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 the sort of last um, headline that I'll throw out there at this point uh, to put this into context cybercrime will represent the greatest transfer of economic wealth in history um, and be more profitable because that's the right word um, than the global trade of all major drugs combined so if, if, if you want to kind of get scale for cybercrime that's it. It's the third largest country. It's only going to get bigger. I mean, if US today is about $21 trillion, by 2025, um, it's going to be $10 trillion. And um, yeah, I mean, bigger than wow. all, all drugs combined. So it's big. And, and who's, who's behind it, David? Um, well, you, you different types of um, hackers, whether they're kind of activists, whether it's uh, um, so that whether they have a political aim, whether it's a state sponsored attack, um, typically what what we see. And I guess we're in a unique position and it's sort of why I'm involved in these things, because, um, you know, we run an IT security company. We used to see a, a, a sort of attack, if you call it that, you know, we go back seven, eight years. We see one a year. We probably see one a month now or one every other month um, to the point where, uh, and they tend to be um, criminal. They can be sophisticated criminal attacks, but, but the main, um, you know, gain there is, is commercial. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so what, what do you think? Is there, is there a change that uh, you sort of gave, gave this indication that the, um, in the old days of a, of, a, of a rover turning up at the local post office and the bloke running out with a sawn-off shotgun with a balaclava in his head, those days are gone. Mm. It's, it's now credit card fraud. And, and likewise, within, within business, um, are, are these criminal gangs moving away from uh, drugs to uh, cyber cybercrime uh, because it's potentially easier and more lucrative? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's a whole kind of philosophical argument underneath all of that that, um, you know, it's even sometimes classed as a victim-free crime, as it were, because, you know, there isn't yeah. someone that you've got to kind of go into a post office or so on and so forth. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, what, I, all the facts, I'm not sure, but what I would say, I mean, cybercrime or digital crime, is, 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 as you could describe it, really, you know, overtook what might be 
described as classic or traditional crime two or three years ago. So, and, you know, that, that you know, as, as without sort of the whole potted history of since time began, but, you know, if you think of an agricultural revolution an industrial revolution and a digital revolution, and we're now in a kind of technology revolution with artificial intelligence and, 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 and quantum computing coming next, you know, crime per se that's existed since time began is just going to go forwards with, you know, technology for want of, want of a better term is, uh, you know, as, as, as we all become, you know, more involved in an online sort of digital globe. So it's, uh, yeah, we'll call so, it natural, but it's not surprising. So, so David, here, here comes my, my naive question. If, if I if I go and look to buy something and I don't have enough money in my bank account, uh, my, my card um, will, will not process that transaction. I can't can't buy it. Um, with um, cybersecurity, if I don't want someone to, to enter my, my, my database, my mainframe, my cloud computing, um, surely I can stop, stop that um, as per that credit card example. Um, why, why, why is cybersecurity such an issue when surely we can stop these, these, these bad, bad actors um, hacking into our systems? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a great question, really. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll use... Uh, a recent well-publicized example of a, of a ransomware attack, a successful ransomware attack uh, in, in the food industry. Thank you. Um, so most people will know about this or, or could um, Google it, but JBS, is, as, as I understand it, uh, the world's largest meat processing company with um, offices or, or, or plants from, from the States to Australia, in May of this year, and I'll, you know, I will answer your question here, how, how this happens um, or why, you know, how it can be stopped. In, in May of this year, uh, data, uh, um, JBS was, was locked with ransomware um, and grounded the company to a halt. And this particular company, and this is public domain, so I'm not saying anything that isn't already out there, um, paid out $11 million um, in ransomware in Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, although that uh, occurred in May, I guess, was reported in June, um, the, the access was gained um, to JBS in, in February. The data transfer took place in April. And the reconnaissance, by the way, um, uh, started probably a long time be before February, probably months before that. Now, you know, this particular exploit, which mm, is reasonably significant in, in, in the scale of payout, um, to want to horrify people, but, you know, half a million is probably the going rate for most mid-market ransomware attacks. This was an 11 million one. And, and the phrase coined about this particular attack and in answer to the question is the most remarkable thing about this attack is just how unremarkable it, unremarkable it was in its execution. So, wow. so, so to your question, you know, how, could, how do we stop all of this? In some cases, it really is what we would describe as basic housekeeping. Yep. Uh, and, and there are so many organisations, not just in, in the food sector, although I should say, from, from our understanding, you know, the food industry as a whole is um, known to be vulnerable. I don't yeah. want to call it rich pickings, um, but there's been a number of studies done. And, and what um, we describe as com common vulnerabilities and exposures, CVEs, 
uh, 20% of the, the food companies within the food industry are known to have um, CVEs, which are easy areas to exploit. Yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, in, in, in many cases, it is basic housekeeping. I mean, you hear a lot of these, these attacks are super sophisticated. Many of them aren't. Okay. So, so David, just, just, just to interject, it sounds like um, um, a, a number of the food businesses, are, they are figuratively just leaving the office front door open um, and uh, going away at night and the burglar can come in. So on a cybersecurity basis, there, there's just gaping holes on, on, the, on their IT, um, allowing uh, players to come in, players, um, uh, hackers to, get to, come, to come in and, and do what they do. Would that be correct? Yeah, I mean, it's an analogy that, that you know, most people can, can easily understand in terms of, you know, you don't walk out your house, leave your doors and windows open, you know, get in your car, park at the supermarket, leave all the doors open, um, you, you know, that, that, and leave your wallet on the seat. Uh, you know, that, that's a simple analogy. Um, and in many cases, I'd probably, you know, I've had to put a number on it. I'd say more than 50% of attacks that we see are down to kind of good hygiene, common housekeeping. Wow. Um, you know, basics. I mean, it'd be super interesting to talk about. So, you know, really sophisticated attacks. And there are some very clever ones out there and some very clever phishing campaigns out there yeah. Um, yeah. that even our guys have clicked on. Um, but broadly speaking, um, it's a lot about, you know, good basic cyber hygiene. I think the, 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 the survey, um, it was a different security company to ours, but did quite a detailed survey on the food industry after the, the you know, always after, um, be wise after, but after the JBS ransomware attack. Uh, and their conclusion or summary report um, on the food industry was, uh, the food industry had about the same level of security as manufacturing and shipping, which wow. was not not very. Was yeah. their comment? Yeah, uh, um, um, David. Uh, about three weeks ago, I went down to see to see a client uh, face to face, mm -hmm. and uh, they're a big uh, fresh produce business, 40, 50 million pound turnover. Went into the mm -hmm. main boardroom, and you, you will have done this time and memorial. Mm -hmm. And in the corner is that big blinking great big uh, gray box uh, red leads blue leads yellow leads lots of flashing lights um, and you know I just organized them um, this uh, this broadcast and the uh, the MD came in and, and I uh, said to him that we were doing this broadcast and I just pointed at his uh, his I presume it was the main server box and I asked him mm. what, what does this do and he didn't know and um, he he'd mm. been in that business um, 20 years and I suppose that's one of the issues mm. with um, especially food and fresh produce businesses and a lot of these businesses are um, 10 20 30 years old and they have grown mm. um, physically in the respect of their buildings that they've added bits on mm. um, and mm. likewise their their IT and uh, they've mm. bolted on an IT um, uh, suppliers and managers come and mm. go so they've just got this complete mishmash and it, I found it quite frightening that this uh, this MD didn't actually know what this massive box in the corner of their boardroom flashing away with the, with the, with the blue lights yeah. actually did. And, and he, he was very keen to have a, um, the, the recording of, of, the, of this broadcast so yeah. that he could actually, yeah. well, um, in, his own, yeah. in his own words, be scared um, so that yeah. he knows that uh, yeah. they're, 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 they're not vulnerable. He, 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 he shouldn't be too disappointed, Max. And, you know, the situation, having spent a lifetime in IT and not just before, you know, before IT security, is, you know, the IT guys are always the clever guys in the corner that, you know, kind of might as well be speaking in Japanese. 
Um, you, and I've seen some of these things firsthand where an IT manager or, or the IT team, you know, within an organization will say, we need to buy all these firewalls and spend 40,000 pounds. And, and rightly so, the FD or the MD will go, well, that's quite a lot of money. You know, why do we need to spend that? And they'll just explain in technical terms, which means nothing to anybody, yeah. <laughs> why you need to spend all this money. So, you know, it's, it's you know, not, not unusual that, that IT in that sense gets, gets a sort of bad rap. I mean, yeah. my, my, my advice, and not to sort of leap to, you know, the basic things I would do, but, but for the CEO in, in all of these organisations, really, because, you know, we're all we're all dependent to a certain extent on on the experts that we have, and you know the experts that we have in our business at that time. You know, we're, we're, our business is secure as those experts or that person. You know, if you've got the same guy, um, IT guy that's kind of lived under the stairs and worked with you for thirty years, he will have a certain favourite firewall. He will, yeah he or she ultimately will have a limited amount of knowledge yeah. and 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 you know that's as good as your company could be what i would advise um all organizations and our organization exactly the same is you know all, all organizations will have a board meeting once a month and, and most will have a risk register that will say something like if we can't yeah. get this supply you know we'll go bust or if this yeah. yeah, it used to be called disaster recovery days of old. Um, you know, if you're building floods or something, get cybersecurity as a bona fide risk on your risk register as a board that you can speak about in plain English. Yep. Because until you do that, you know, you're never really addressing it. And and and, and if you do that, you know, the first questions you might ask yourselves as a business are. You know, is there a basic standard that we could or should get to you know, within our industry or within the sector? So the, ne the next natural step you'd, you'd find yourself exploring or understanding is the UK government-backed cyber um, essential scheme that's been around for five, five or ten years now, yeah. um, which is the basic driving licence as a, as a business that you should have. So you're already going in the right direction, you know, before you start spending hundreds of thousands or getting lots of different experts in, get it as a risk register item on, on, on your board because it, it could grind your company to a halt and then start to think positively, how do we mitigate against that? Yeah, and it's such a good point, David. There's, there's a, so many companies that I know um, have a, um, a, a pandemic, uh, not disaster, pandemic um, emergency meeting uh, uh, twice a week just to see how, the, how they're tracking and they all, they all thought it was only going to be for two three months and now we're 18 months in but they, they found that very and, and it would be easy to most companies will be will be doing that for the pandemic and for, for them to slot in uh, that if they haven't done already about uh, about cyber security because it, it is mm. I'm, I'm just a, so, so alarmed by, by the figures that that's that you're giving going, going back to this um this client mm. with, with this flashing mm. box um in, in the corner mm. what would mm. your direct recommendations be on, on the basis that he's got an it manager the the, the big company um lots of employees lots of customers what what would be your your initial um housekeeping to to get him to start investigating to make sure they've got the base level of security in place please yeah, so as I say, the, the absolute base level, and it's not our, um, you know, certification, you know, we didn't dream it up, but but is the UK government backed scheme called Cyber Essentials, yeah, okay. and one more from that is Cyber Essentials Plus, 
um, you know, to put that into context and, and to give you a, an insight into that, I, 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 I recently um, wrote to all, all of our, our customers. We've got about 350 customers that we support in, in one way or another. Um, and, you know, to be frank, um, I kind of get fed up, um, you know, once a month or once every other month, uh, finding myself, and, and the worst situations often are, you know, mid-market kind of family-owned businesses or, or independents at sort of 40, 50 million pounds that have had a ransomware attack. And, you know, can we help them? Uh, and, oh. you know, they haven't even got the basic basic things in place. So, so I've written to our entire customer base just a couple of months ago, uh, and we have offered our entire customer base a free, we will pay for the Cyber Essentials certification. We will also give them a free vulnerability scan. We will also give them a free basic security assessment. And, and you, know, <laughs> you know, there's nothing in that for me. That's going to cost me real money. Um, but from my perspective, you know, I guess we're on a mission to kind of protect people. And the first people we want to protect is, is our entire customer base. So that's the very first step that you would take. I mean, I, I could... So, so quite often you, you find organizations that have got what we call on-prem servers. You know, there's nothing uh, wrong with on-prem servers so long as they are up to date and patched and secure. 50% uh, aren't. Um, wow. They will have issues with them. They will have, you know, com common vulnerabilities that can be exploited very easily. We... Uh, as a business, um, you know, promote ourselves as a, as a cloud security company. We're the leading Microsoft cloud security company in the UK. We moved our business to the to the cloud um, seven years ago. We moved our group business, which is a I think now four hundred million pound business, to the group um, to the cloud six years ago. And there was quite a lot of head scratching and you know what does this mean uh, and you know, what it actually means is the cloud is a purpose-built data center. Yeah. Um, in terms of backups, we use a nuclear military bunker 40 meters underground in Kent. I've been there. It's all a bit James Bond. Um, but but many, many people want to, you know, don't trust the cloud, don't yeah. can't see it, want to see their box in the corner, thinking that it's absolutely impervious to attack. Um, I, if I had had hazard a guess, you know, one of our guys could probably get on five out of 10 of those servers within five, 10 minutes. Wow. Okay. Okay. But the flip, um, if, if you're in the cloud, uh, you're likely to be incredibly less vulnerable than if you did have a, an old server ticket away in the, in the corner of the boardroom. You, you, you are. I mean, I don't want to sell it as all you've got to do is move to the cloud and then yeah. well done, you're there. I mean, Microsoft 365 that most people understand as Outlook now and, and, and Office um, is probably, you know, the most attacked software platform, you know, it, it, you know, in the world today, but that's because everybody uses it. So you, uh, and there is an assumption if you, if you buy into 365 that, oh no, I've got um, 365. So I could, it's all backed up in the cloud and I can get access to whatever I want seven years back. Well, you can't. You know, you need to read the small print there. You can if you set it up correctly. But but my starting point would be if you've got a lot of on-prem servers, um, you need to make sure, you need to make very sure that you've got your basic hygiene complete. How, 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 are, you, how are your 
um, employees and users connecting to those servers. Mm -hmm. If they're still using something called remote desktop protocol, yeah. they'll probably be coming right. in something called port 3389, which is basically a door into your computer. And if that's left open, um, there are scanners. If I set a server up now, um, within half an hour, there are scanners constantly running on the internet looking for port 3389 being left open. Wow. Um, we had a um, catastrophic ransomware attack, I guess is the best way to, um, to describe it last year um, with an organization um, who'd left that port open. And, and, and as an example, if you come in on that port, um, you can get uh, uh, what we call admin rights. And if you've got admin rights, then you can turn all the security off. You can turn it all down, turn it all off, and then you can do what you like. Good so, okay. but I, I mean, uh, I, I, the, 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 the thing for, for us, Max, really as a business is not really the kind of, you know, scaremongering part. What, what, what I think we're able to do um, is to try and educate people at, at this practical level because we, you know, and there's nothing worse frankly, on every single level than seeing um, or, 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 you know, experiencing with a business, for example, a ransomware attack, as everybody understands it, um, it's probably worse than your building being flooded or, or, yeah. or something like that. And, 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 some, <laughs> and all the best laid plans in the world, you know, let me tell you, and, and, and the NHS WannaCry was a, was a prime example, um, when your business gets a ransomware attack, uh, deer in headlights is, it, it, yeah. you know, is is a kind of common phrase. Or, or, or as, as, as I think um, Mike Tyson once said, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Uh, and, and when you get a ransomware attack, it is a real punch in the face. Um, the the NHS one, I'm rambling a bit, but the NHS one, a cry one, by the way, was you know as much damage was caused of that as everybody kind of pulling systems out of the network without properly shutting them down right. as, as the actual, you know, rent, uh, as, as the actual virus itself. So, yeah. but, David, do you think it would help more that within the food industry if we actually talked about it? Um, if we had some people that have been victims of uh, cyber crimes um, to actually uh, uh, state what they did wrong so that other people could, could learn, because there does seem to be this, uh, um, I suppose, this embarrassment that people that have had a cyber attack, that there's a lot of people, we know some companies that have been attacked, and we're obviously not going to name them here, but they, they're not looking to promote it, publicize it. Perhaps they, they should so that other people are aware so that they're not making the mistakes that those companies did. There doesn't seem to be a lot of communication about it directly from the companies that have been affected. No, I mean, unfortunately for these companies or fortunately for everybody involved with these companies that does get hacked, I mean, typically there's also a data integrity issue as well as just yeah. kind of commercial payout or... A, um, you know, a, a commercial hit or, or brand damage. You know, there's also the, these days you need to report. Typically, you wouldn't report the attack to the ICO, which is the Information Commissioner's Office. You yeah. can go on their website and you can, you know, they've got a public domain list of everybody who's, you know, had an attack or or, or had their, their um, data kind of exposed. Um, I think the 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 you know, the idea that anybody wants to actually admit to, uh, oh, my God, um, we've had an attack is, is the last thing they want to do. 
Um, what, what I would say in different sectors that we do operate in, we, we do quite a lot in, in the non, non, not, not for profit, which Microsoft call um, tech for social impact. Um, and we do quite a lot in the legal sectors as well. Um, what I would say is um, there are membership, we're probably a bit, bit like yourselves, Max, there are membership and association bodies yeah. that, um, that we join. Uh, as it were, to provide this best advice. You know, we yeah. promote the Microsoft message, as it were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're never going to get individual people to kind of open up. But if you can throw a forum like this, so yeah. we deal with the Association of, Association of Charitable Organisations, we deal with the Association of Charitable Federation, we deal with the Law Society. So a lot of these people continually want to educate their sector, which is a good thing. Yeah. I'm trying to find, uh, thank you, David. Thank you for, for figuratively putting me back, back in my box. Why, why would a company who's suffered that embarrassment and had to pay a, a potentially a 400, 500,000 uh, pound ransom uh, what's a, then come on, on a broadcast like this and, and say, we, we left the back door open and um, um, and they, they, all, they all came in. I'm trying to, the correlation I'm trying to draw is, is a bit like a, a broadcast we, we did with um, Sir, Sir Andrew Wallace, um, who's the founder of uh, Unseen UK, which, um, looks to pr promote this big issue of modern day slavery and he stated when we did the broadcast that everything I'm touching with all of my kit um, will have been touched by modern day slavery and it's such a huge issue all the way from county lines in in the, um, the east of England um, through to China where all, all this stuff has been made but no one talks about modern day modern day slavery they, they think it was something that was 200 years ago but it's so prevalent now even more so mm -hmm. on the pandemic cyber um, attacks are so prevalent but we don't we just don't seem to be talking about it in, in my view over and above the, the few articles that you see uh, with some of the cases that, that you've mentioned and, and that's why we were very keen to get you on to just highlight the fact that there is a big issue out there um, and you've got to take this very ser um, seriously as, as you intimated David about getting that up the, the board minute um, mm. meetings as a, mm. as, a, as a crucial point so that you don't have that um, as, as you said, that Mike Tyson moments have been thumped in the face and having to write a check out with six hours notice for, for half a million pounds that, so, that you weren't, weren't expecting. So, so, so David, it's, um, I, I, would, um, I, I would say that, that uh, anyone who's watching this and is concerned, that the easiest thing to do is just pick up the phone to David and his colleagues at um, Softworks to, to find out more. Um, but just so that they can um, get a, a little bit of reassurance in, in the short term, have you got any takeaways for us? That, that people should do over and above looking at the, the, the various government uh, websites. Uh, is there anything fundamentally that we should do just to make sure the door isn't open? Something glaring that my M MD down, down in Kent could just have a look at before he contacts you direct, David? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would say again, I mean, I'm not commissioned for the, for, for the Cyber Essentials government scheme, but, you know, that that that's your starting point, which covers the kind of five key areas and vectors that um, you know you will likely be um, you know at, at, attacked through. I think my um, it's more of a business thing, but I think my my comment about trying to get it at a board level risk register is is something that um, all organisations should um, should probably do okay. as well. Yeah. I mean what. What I would say, and I, you know, there's a couple of things. So it, it's quite difficult for an organization like ours, uh, as it were, to not appear to be in sort of sales mode all the time, because, you know, of course we want to 
you know, sell solutions and services that, that help organisations, whether it's ours or someone else's, I, I would encourage organisations to try and take some kind of basic security assessment. Um, our specialism is, is Microsoft, um, and I can talk about simplifying security through a kind of Microsoft first approach. But for the other, I mean, a couple of other things just to kind of throw out there as the, the least I would do, 50% um, of compromises in terms of attacks come through what we would call phishing software. Uh, and if you think that's, um, you know, a Nigerian prince asking you to transfer half a million dollars to, you know, no one's going to be fooled like that, you know, they're from the 80s. These phishing attacks are particularly sophisticated. Um, so you need to be training your staff, and there are many solutions out there, you need to be training your staff not to click on um, phishing emails. Yep. Uh, and, and as I say, some of them are so sophisticated, they might say, uh, for example, 365 cannot synchronize with Active Directory, please click here to resubmit your details. And then they'll get you to do it again. So you've got, got your credentials twice. Wow. Wow. Okay. Guys that work for me, by the way, fall for some of the sophisticated phishing attacks. So get yourself some um, what we call security awareness training. There are packages out there. Um, yeah, you know, okay. you can do your own Googling for that, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, 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 clients just uh, WhatsApp me whilst we've been talking. Uh, would David recommend that we do dispose of our uh, archaic servers and move everything to the cloud? Uh, will that give us more resilience against cyber cyber attacks? Is, is that the is that one of the routes that they should be going? Um, and I suppose if you're going to set up a business now, David, it'd be very unlikely that you're going to buy a big old chunky server from um, from from Dell. It is more likely yeah. that you're going to throw it up on the cloud from the get go. But it, it, yeah, I mean, I, response be to that question, please. So, so we 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 have many of our clients that have what might be described as kind of a hybrid IT infrastructure environment. You know, it's fine to say, you know, let's pick a, 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 a really sort of extreme example like the NHS and say, well, you know, this wanna cry, it was on old Windows servers on-prem and they were easily attacked. Well, you know, some of those old Windows servers, are, 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 those operating systems are tied into, you know, multi-million pound scanning machines. So it's not as easy just to say, let's forklift everything. And there may be many of, you know, uh, companies within the food sector that are tied to, um, yeah. certain processing plants yeah. or technology that just work on old, older operating systems. My, my view would be always to try to, you know, migrate to the cloud, but yeah. that's not all and everything. I mean, our business as a business, as I said, we migrated to the cloud a long time ago. Um, COVID, for example, when I guess we all, you know, were sent home, we just didn't miss a beat, really. We take yeah. somewhere between 100 and 200 calls every day of the week. Yeah. Um, our guys just went home, went to Costa Coffee and carried on working. We don't have any servers anywhere. They're all in the cloud and we know they're going to be up all of the time. So, yeah, yeah. And, um, David, another question. Um, is cyber, are cyber attacks going to get worse uh, before they get better? Is, is this problem just going to exacerbate, be exacerbated? Is, is it just going to ever, ever increase? Um, what, so, so, the, the 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 world 
as large, you know, without getting into technology in 10, 20 years from now, you know, we're all going to have chips that are going to tell us we're going to have a heart attack Thursday. You know, the, 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 the world is going online, even if you think where we are now to where we were 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So so as we go online, cybercrime will increase. I think at some point someone's going to stop calling it cybercrime and it's just going to be called crime. And if someone presented right. the question to you today to say, do you think crime's going to increase? You'd probably yeah, say, maybe. well, it depends on the divide between the haves and have nots, but most likely it would. What I would say with cybercrime is, uh, and even today, it's becoming more and more sophisticated. So the attacks that are based uh, that are using artificial intelligent programs are out there now, yeah, yeah, as are yeah. the tools. So, yeah. Uh, next, next question, um, uh, David Max. You've spoken a lot about external attacks. What about internal attacks uh, within our food business? We've got over twenty-two different uh, business units, and we've had uh, some internal attacks. Um, what's David's recommendation as as to how we stop eternal quote unquote terrorist attacks? Yeah, I mean, if by that it's the insider um, yep. approach, you know, the disgruntled employee, yep. uh, not unusual, I'm afraid, and um, actually quite difficult to, to track down because, as it were, they're in the network. But yeah. there are, you know, many tools and systems, and, and I'll make the point, and, I, and I'll make this point, and I should have probably made it earlier, many tools and systems within um, a Microsoft subscription that people have probably already got but don't understand and aren't fully utilizing of that, for example, could track when a large amount of data, let's, let's suppose that disgruntled employee, or let's pick the example of the salesperson who's taking the customer database with them. You know, the, 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 there are systems that would track that, you know, Joe Bloggs has just downloaded 27 gig from one IP address to another, and that's quite unusual for a Tuesday evening at 5.30. Um, and that would set an alarm. So those, you know, those systems are out there to, to, yep. to stop those type of attacks. Yeah, okay. Um, and David, what can uh, you and your colleagues at um, Softworks um, do? Um, in, in that if one of our food, food businesses want to um, engage with you to try and mitigate this as, as, as much as possible, what, what's the process? How do they get in contact with you? What, what would be the onboarding process from there on in, please? Yeah, sure. Really simple. I mean, if you go on our website, there's various ways to connect with us for our email or, 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 or phone numbers. But the first thing that we, we would do is, is what we call a kind of discovery workshop. I mean, we call it Microsoft Discovery Workshop principally because our approach to security is a Microsoft first approach. So we find too many organizations, mid-market and enterprise that are, are necessarily overcomplicated cybersecurity. But, but certainly double spending on alternate third party right. solutions that overlap and layer on top of each other and actually make things even more complex for IT teams to try and manage that then become more expensive. So, so our, for our, our approach, I mean, we have an unadulterated, you know, we're, we're, we're a Microsoft partner um, and we would always uh, promote a Microsoft first approach, which is let us help you understand what you already have and what you most likely have already paid for, but may not have configured, may not have fully understood before you go spending on something else. So our starting point is a security assessment based on what we call a Microsoft Discovery Workshop. Um, and, you know, we <laughs> we or nobody else actually makes a lot of money out of Microsoft licensing, but 
there's a discussion point out there at the moment is Microsoft a security company? Microsoft, Microsoft spends over uh, in, in research and development over a billion dollars a year now on cybersecurity. Wow. Microsoft focus in, in our industry have Gartner Magic Quadrants. And if you're top right in the Magic Quadrant, you're a leader. Um, Gart and Microsoft are now top right Magic Quadrant in, in five different areas of security. Um, and Microsoft really, when you start looking at what we kind of describe as this single pane of glass, wouldn't it be great for the security team to be able to look at kind of one system and, and manage it all, or for users not to have to log into this, to log out of that, to log into something else? Because, you know, if you make security difficult for users, they'll just work around it and bypass it. So Microsoft as, a, as an organization are, are in a unique position, which they've recognized to, to really be able to give that native user experience. So your security, when I log on to all of our systems, I've got single sign-on going everywhere. It's oblivious to me, but I, but I know I'm secure. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I mean, the short answer is, you know, get, get in touch with us. There's lots of resources, lots of free resources on our website. Um, I should say we don't, um, we took a decision three, four years ago. We we've got hardly any client names on our on our website. We deal with some very well known Lots names, <laughs> um, but but you know we don't want to be hacked, and and yeah. you know many of the organisations that we support don't want people to know who's yeah. um, who's advising them. So, David, thank thank you. So. To one and all out there, it, it is that what, what are the takeaways from this? Um, in your however you construct it in your in your board meetings, you've got to have the cybersecurity element um, update. You do not want to receive that email or that WhatsApp to say that you've been hacked and you have to pay in the next six hours a significant uh, ransom to get your your system back. And if you don't, you've you, you potentially lost 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 all, all value in your in your business. Um, engage with David and his team at Softworks to find out how to, to mitigate this. Um, and by the sounds of it, from what we've also learned from David, there's some um, potential, not quick fix fixes, but just general housekeeping that some of us um, aren't doing, that our, our figuratively our door is, is open um, to allow uh, these uh, cyber hackers to, to come in and uh, attack us when, when they shouldn't be. And it's just a a, a short audit with, uh, with with David that could um, could stop that, uh, that that happening. David, thank you very much. If, if, if it's okay, I'd love to have you uh, back on in another six months a, a year because it's obviously a very fast developing area. And if we can help the the fresh food sectors in the UK and internationally get more robust through through your um, education through through your learnings, um, that's going to be one less thing that we that we have to worry about. If that's okay. Yeah, very much like to do that, Max. Part of part of you know me here today and and me writing to all our customers and everything else is, you know, it's actually the worst situation in the world when um, when a, as I say when when somebody does get breached, and um, you know we've heard those the the you know those single phrases that ring in my mind. You know, David, can you come and see us tomorrow? You know, the checkbooks open. Uh, you know, it, it, it's all too late, and some of those organisations, you know, could have done something. In some cases, practical examples had already paid for some of the technology and software and hadn't turned it on, um, which was oh heart heartrending, really. Um, and it, you know, it does nothing for us really in that situation because we can't help. You know, it, 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 in a recovery from ransomware, it's really very simple. <laughs> um 
you know, if you've taken the proper steps and you've got a backup, which is secure at a second level, not just a backup and not a backup that you've never tried to restore, but a backup. Because if I if I get access to your system, so not only encrypt your data, I'll obviously encrypt your backup as well. Yep. Um, and, and, and if you're set up properly and, and we've had as many we've recovered that we haven't, we can recover a business in an hour with a mouse click. If it's not set up properly, it's just impossible. And it and it and it and it doesn't matter how many times you're asked. And some places, you know, we 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 we've been asked really emotionally, and we we just can't help. But a good example, I, I would say, was a company that did move to the um, move to the cloud for a backup and change their subscription. Unfortunately, the cloud company still kept their old backup for six months before they deleted it. And, you know, they, they weren't a client of ours, but they came to us with a ransomware attack and the business was on the floor. And we managed to piece that business back together over a 10 day period. But they got really lucky because um, the, the, the cloud provider who was who was looking after their backup just through kind of good practice, really, when the contract terminated, didn't delete the data there and then just waited a couple of months. But yeah, I mean, we can either help them or we can't. And it's much better for me to try and educate organizations to do the simple things so they don't find themselves in that situation. Well done, David. And before we love you and leave you, we've got to ask our frivolous question. What's your favorite fresh produce, please? Oh, well, I'm a kind of, I'm just really dull in that sense. Um, tomatoes for me <laughs> always have been always will be yeah uh, so, so. No, some of the, the uk's best fresh produce are tomatoes and so uh, we've had uh, numerous people on broadcast before um, who, are, who are massive growers of tomatoes in the in the uk and as they say if we can get kids to bite into the tomato and taste that flavor we've then got them for life so now i think that's mm. a that's a great example so shall, shall, mm. shall we go with that with the uk uh, fresh tomatoes your favorite fresh produce then david yeah great Fantastic. David, thank you very much. Learned a lot okay. today. Uh, let's uh, let's keep, keep in contact with you and uh, we'll put all your links on the top and bottom of, the, of this post and this Great. podcast. Okay. Thank you very much, David. Thank you, Max. Thank you. Cheerio. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.